وقنا من بعده تفرقا معصوما واكتبه في ميزان حسناتنا يا رب العالمين Inshallah, today we will be talking about uh, one of the uh, main Sahaba, one of the uh, major people who were companions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam since the start of uh, the Risala, since the start of the Da'wah. And it's always good to talk about Sahaba because we take example of those people. We take example how they lived. We take example how they supported the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And we try to understand those these kind of people that uh, took all on their, upon their shoulders all this uh, all all this load of uh, risala, and they managed to spread it all over the world. They are always good. They always set good examples for us. قال رسول صلى الله عليه وسلم من أحب أن ينظر إلى شهيد يمشي على وجه الأرض فلينظر إلى طلحة بن عبيد الله. Rasulullah said in a hadith, it's an authentic hadith, whoever wants to look at a shaheed, you know what's a shaheed, of course, whoever wanted to look at a shaheed who's walking on, on in front of you on the earth should look at Talha ibn Ubaidullah. So our talk will be about Talha ibn Ubaidullah. Talha ibn, ibn Ubaidullah is one of the ten people who were... Uh, told by the Prophet ﷺ that he will be in Jannah. So he's, he's got a very nice prize, very very nice uh, gift from uh, Rasul and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he will be going into Jannah. And he's one of the first eight that joined Islam, that became a Muslim. And he is one of the, fi- uh, the first five who became Muslims on the hands by the da'wah from Abu Bakr, radiallahu anhu. So uh, he's he's a great man. He's although we don't hear much about him, we hear a lot about Omar, we hear about a lot Ali, we hear a lot about Abu Bakr. All these are Mubashirun bil Jannah also, but we don't hear much about about Talha ibn Abdullah. His his soul, his nafs, was was very simple. All what he wanted after he heard this hadith from Rasulullah sallallahu he was always joining the fights. He was all, all, always joining Ghazawat and fights. With the Prophet and after the Prophet just looking to become a shaheed so that he goes to Jannah. That's all he wanted from the world. Although he was rich and he had a lot of money, he was a, he was a merchant. And we'll see now that he didn't care about all of that. He had only one target in his life. His name is Talha ibn Ubaidullah al-Qurashi al-Tamimi. So he's, he's from Quraysh, from Mecca itself. And he's from one of the very famous tribes of uh, the Arabs in Mecca at the time is called the tribe of Tamim. He was used to be called Abu Muhammad. And he was married. He married one of uh, his wives was Hamna ibn to Jahsh, which is the, the, the wife of uh, the Prophet's wife, Radallahu Zainab ibn to Jahsh. So he was uh, he was married to the sister of the wife of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Adail. So he, he, we worked in Tijara. So he, he was doing business in, in commerce and trading. 
And uh, during Jahiliyyah, like a lot of the Sahaba, and this is one, one thing to, to stop at and, and ponder about, that uh, he didn't like what was happening during Jahili. He didn't like what's going around him of Fisiq and, you know, and all these problems in, that we, we hear about in Jahili before the Prophet So he was looking forward to something to come and change all of that. He didn't like his society. So he, he was, you know, shying away from what's going on in, in Jahiliyyah. And he was looking, you know, just hoping for something to come and change all of that. And that's why when Abu Bakr عنه, gave him the da'wah, when he asked him to join Islam, he took it without any hesitation. He took Islam uh, with, you know, and, and, and answered Abu, Abu Bakr without any hesitation and became a Muslim. <clears throat> Rasul when he first told him about that he will be joining Jannah, uh, he'll, be go- he'll be going to Jannah, inshallah, after his death, uh, he was standing, the first time, he was standing with the Prophet, Abu Bakr, Omar, Uthman, Ali, look at these you know, big, big names. He was standing with, with them on Jabal, uh, in Jabal Hira. Uh, and, uh, you know, Mecca, in the area of Mecca and Medina, there is there's earthquakes. So the, the, the Jabal Hira started trembling. So Rasul <coughs> talked to the mountain. He said, be quiet. Yes, you know, talking to the mountain. He said, be quiet. All what you have on you now is just a prophet, Nabi himself, or Siddiq, which is Abu Bakr, السلام, or Shaheed. So all of others, he told them on that mountain, on that day, that you will be all shuhada. And there was Abu Bakr, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Umar, Uthman, Ali, Talha ibn Zubair, Sa'd ibn Abi Waqqas, one of the major, you know, several of the major Sahaba. And they knew there will be shuhada since that day, all of these Sahaba. And you know the story of every one of them, how they died, and we know how they got their shahada. So after that, he became very, you know, very aware that he should be looking for shahada sometime. And subhanAllah, he wasn't shaheed until Ma'arakt al-Jamal, until the day where we had the fitna in the Islam, the first major fitna in Islam. Uh, <clears throat> uh, he, he attended, as we said, he attended all the fights with the Prophet ﷺ, except Badr. Uh, he was uh, in his, uh, he was trading in Sham at the time. He was traveling to Sham, so he was in his business and, you know, in trading in, 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 uh, in um, uh, Bilad al-Sham. Uh, one of his, uh, just go through some of his uh, attributes in Islam, is how he stood in Yom Uhud, in the, in the Ghazwa of Uhud. And, uh, and dur- you know, in, during that Ghazwa, that uh, um, a group of the Muslims that were asked to stand in a certain way to protect the, the, back, the back of the Muslims, you know, to, to defend the Muslims from their back, while we were asked by the Prophet Sallallahu to stand on Jabal al-Rumah, uh, who visited... Uh, who visited uh, uh, Mecca and Medina, he will know, he must have visited this, this mountain. It's a small mountain just uh, outside uh, Medina. So he was, they were told to, to stand there, about 40 of them, to defend the Muslims, you know, to protect their, their, uh, uh, their backs. However, when, they, when the Muslims started, you know, gaining uh, over the Kuffar and start, you know, start winning the battle, 
they thought they would, uh, dunya came into their hearts and they wanted to come down and, um, you know, take uh, the ghanaim, take the whatever uh, the kuffar has left behind. So uh, Khalid bin Walid, uh, at that time he was kafir, was of the kuffar. He managed, he saw that and he managed to turn around and, uh, you know, without those people present there, he managed to attack the Muslims from their back and the Muslims went into, do, into defeat. And at the time, uh, there was so much confusion that most of the Sahaba at the time, they escaped from the battle. Except nine people who stood around the Prophet ﷺ, stood defending the Prophet. Talha ibn Ubaidullah was one of them. He was one of the main people who stood with the Prophet. Actually, he was only one of two from Quraysh that stood and def defending the Prophet at the time. Was Talha ibn Ubaidullah and Sa'd ibn Abi Waqqas. They stood with the Prophet defending. And the rest, the rest of the uh, Sahaba were seven from Ansar, from Medina. And they all uh, gained Shahada at that time. So during that Ghazwa, he defended so much about the Prophet Sallallahu And uh, to the extent that he, he lost his, his fingers during the battle. And uh, he lost, uh, his hand was, was not working anymore. Uh, he's got a lot of wounds in his face and his body. Uh, his daughters, with them, when they were treating him, they, they said, we've, we've seen 24 injuries in his body. Uh, and he actually, with all these 24 injuries, he carried the Prophet. Because the Prophet, as you know, was also hurt during that. And he carried the Prophet back to safety. So he was really fighting uh, with the Prophet and defending the Prophet uh, another attribute of him is that he used to spend. He was he was working in trade, so he had he had you know he had some property and and and, and money. But the thing about him, which is another thing that we should ponder about, is that he never liked to have a lot of money in cash with him. Whenever he got some money, you know, from selling his trade or from uh, from selling his property, uh, whenever it comes to him, certain amount of money at home. He used to be worried. Why do I have so much money? I, I don't want all that money. You know, he, he doesn't. He doesn't like to see money with him uh, a lot. So he used to stay all night awake when he has several incidents. He used to stay all night awake, and his wife's, you know, one of his, you know, his wife would come to him and ask him, "Why are you awake?" He said, "I'm worried. I've got so much money. Why do I have that that, that, that much money?" And she tells him, "Okay, if you feel if you don't feel comfortable with it, just." Give it to your companions. Give it to the Sahaba who need it. And he used to wake up, you know, comfortable and dispute, disputing that money. In one of the instances, I don't know how true, but I mean, I'll just mention it. It was mentioned in the book that I was reading about him. Um, he got to like seven hundred thousand dirham or dinar, whatever the currency was at the time. So uh, he was again worried in the night that he's got so many and so much money, and he, he doesn't like having so much money. He gets worried about having too much money. So he woke he woke up in the night and uh, worried and so on. And his wife asked him, and she, he said, "I I cannot sleep with all that money around. I, it's too much. I, I don't need it all. I don't need, I need all of it." So he go, goes. She asked him, "Okay, I mean, and this is another 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 thing about. I mean, you th you see how wives think these days, and how wives of Sahaba at the time they think. She did not tell him, "No, you have to keep it." And so on. she told she told him, "Go and distribute it if you." If you feel like that, go and distribute it among your companions, whoever needs it. And he did. He said, you are, you are a good wife and so on. And next day he did and distributed among his companions. 
and only he left like 1,000 of the 700,000 for his house. It's just, uh, you know, when you, when you read these things about those people, um, you just think how, how their uh, nufus, how their souls have been elevated to that extent that they don't, dunya does not, does not matter to them at all. At the same time, they work and they earn their money and they earn their living. So it, they, they, had a, they had like a, subhanAllah, and the tarbiyat al-Rasul the delegation of the Prophet brought those characters to a level that I, I don't think we can comprehend it these days. Uh, another example, uh, one day, uh, one day also, uh, that, that, uh, sorry, I'm talking about this, the same thing, another, that, that's, that's the first example, the other example is that he sold, once he sold uh, a property of him, like, uh, he, he owned the land and he sold it, same thing happened, also he was, he was awake all night, he could not, but that was, he sold for like 70,000. Uh, 70,000 dirhams and uh, the same thing he did in the morning uh, the one of the, the the last thing I want to mention here is what happened to him during uh, Yawm al-Jamal uh, which is the you know what Yawm al-Jamal is Yawm al-Jamal is the fight that happened between uh, Ali as a group the, the army of uh, Ali radiallahu and uh, Muawiyah, when when he came from Sham, and uh, just a, a recap, a quick reminder that Muawiyah was asking, but was coming with the Sahaba, with the Sahaba from Sham also, from Bilad al-Sham. He was asking for uh, punishing those people who killed Uthman, radiAllahu the, the third Khalifa, and uh, Ali at the time, uh, radiAllahu had a, had a. Uh, we, we don't know what the situation seems it was a it was a bad situation that he could not punish those people immediately at the time and he told them that we have to wait until the the all the muslims unite again and we, we are you know one we stabilize the, the 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 state of islam so there was a difference of opinion now talha uh, ibn abaydullah and zubair ibn awam were actually in the army of aisha she was she came ahead of muawiyah uh, he came in, under the army of Aisha to ask for the blood of Uthman to you know to uh, to fight uh, or to request that Ali uh, should punish because Ali became a Khalifa you know that uh, after Uthman so they asked him to punish the, those people who killed Uthman and uh, it was a big fitna and you can see that those people those great people they also were confused and, you know, it's, it's, it was a very dangerous fitna, and a lot of the Sahaba, very you know, very very great Sahaba, they they got confused and they joined armies and they were for, fighting against each other, unfortunately. And uh, it it was a saying uh, that uh, Al Qama uh, Al Qama ibn Waqqas Al Laythi, a guy called Al Qama ibn Waqqas, he was talking that he talked to Talha narrating from Talha and he said uh, you know why why are you coming and fighting uh, with the with the army of Aisha he said well don't blame me we we were yesterday that that shows how he was feeling about this yesterday we were all united and fighting whoever was going you know our enemies together 
Now we are like two, two iron mountains and clashing with each other. So he was very sad in his, himself. But he said, uh, he continued telling him that, Ya Al-Qama la talumni, kunna amsu yadan wahida ala man siwana, fa asbahna al-yawma jabalayni min hadid, yazhafu ahadana ahaduna dudda al-akhar. Yesterday we were two, uh, we were together, one hand against our against whoever, uh, anybody else. Now we we are two mountains of iron, but we are against each other. ولكن كان مني شيء في أمر عثمان. But I have something about Uthman that he feels he feels so strong about Uthman رضي الله عنه. With you know his, he he was always his brother and he he, he knew the standing of Islam and Islam. So he, was, he wasn't feeling good about those people not being punished immediately for the killing of Uthman. So he was, you know, he was, he was in that situation. Now, <clears throat> during the fight uh, that took place between the group of Aisha and the group of, of Ali, uh, they saw that uh, Talha and also Azubir ibn Awam, he is other one of those people who was who was given the gratitude of uh, you know glad glad, glad tidings of Jannah. He saw that Ammar ibn Yasir was fighting in the army of Ali, and they remembered the, the the hadith from the Prophet, in which he told Ammar that that you will be killed by the aggressive group, which means the, the group, uh, the other group uh, that was fighting Ali. So they decided immediately, once, once they remembered that hadith and they saw where Ammar was fighting, Ammar ibn Yasir, they, uh, uh, that means Talha ibn Abaydullah and Zubair ibn al-Awwam, they decided to withdraw from that war and they, do, they, did, not, they did not want to fight it in, in it at all. So they realized that it's a fitna and they want they got. They wanted to be isolated from all what's, what what was happening, and they, they actually left the, the battle and they they went away. And that's where Talha ibn Abdullah he was killed while he was away, isolated from the both armies, as was staying alone. He was killed by. Uh, 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 they they don't know who killed him, but they know that all, all what they know is what he, he was killed by an arrow. And nobody knows who threw that or who, who was the one who killed him. Until, I mean, nobody defined. So there were stories, but nobody knew who killed him. Same thing happened to Zubair ibn al-Awwam. He was also killed uh, from his back. So somebody has shot him up by an arrow from his back and, and killed him. So they, they both, uh, inshallah, they, both of them were shuhada. And they did not get themselves involved with, with the fitna at all. And we can understand that when Ali عن, passed by Talha, he saw him dead after, uh, after he died. He went down from his horse and he held him in his hand and he actually wiped his face from the dust and so on. And he said, uh, said you know, Rahmatullah alayh. And he said, I wish I, I had died before I see this 20 years ago. Ali radiallahu anhu, when he saw Abdullah, Talha ibn Abdullah dead, and I'm, I'm sure he also saw Zubair, the same thing. He wished that he died before all this happening, 20 years before this, this happening.
So Rahmatullah alayh, he passed away uh, during Ma'arakat, after Ma'arakat al-Jamal. One thing, uh, one last thing I just want to mention, and I've seen this in the book, it's interesting to see uh, that those people, how they, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewarded them. After his death by more than 30 years, after the death of Talha bin Abaynullah, his daughter Aisha bin Talha, she came to the, to the people around her, to the Sahaba, other Sahaba, and she told them that she saw her father coming uh, in her dream. And he asked that he moved from the place he was buried because he was getting, uh, it was getting wet and it's hurting him. You know, the, the, his, his tomb was, was getting destroyed apparently because of uh, flood or water or something. And they went and, uh, you know, they, they did that. They, they actually moved his, uh, his uh, tomb and they built on it. And, but the thing is that when they removed him after more than 30 years, they found him never changed. He was still in his body. That didn't change at all. Only some of his hairs has fallen down from his from his beard, but he was still preserved. His body was still preserved. Subhanallah. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Salatu wassalamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Rahmatullahu kull al-Sahaba. Wajmana ma yamahum insha Allah fi jannat al-Nahim. Allah. Yeah.